0: You are listening to the Alaska Sports Talk Podcast, sponsored by Roger Riley and Associates, Partouche Plumbing and Heating, Guido's, The Bike Shop, Alaska Sausage and Seafood, and the Alaska Club. Now, here are your hosts of AST, Keaton Homer and Isaiah Brimley. Welcome to the Alaska Sports Talk Podcast. Instant reaction for Saturday, January 21st, games wrapping up. Three really, really amazing tournaments that have happened starting on Thursday. Well, actually, one started on Tuesday with the girls tournament, and then continued with the boys tournament: the Alaska Airlines Classic, the South Wolverine Classic, and the Derek, uh, the Carl Derek Agniewick uh, Invitational, hosted by Barrow. Wow. We've had some really incredible games. We've had some really amazing instant reaction stuff. And today does not disappoint uh, either. So now I'm going to preface this by saying I had an event tonight. If nobody ever here listening has ever played Bunko, you you need to play Bunko. You got to play Bunko. It's a ton of fun. You get some friends together. Look up the rules for Bunko can't go wrong. It's amazing. It's been on the books forever. The people that host it, dear friends, awesome. Love them to death. I love the fact that they invite uh, me and a bunch of other people to this Bunko thing. It's fantastic. That's why I didn't miss it. But my man Keaton, Keaton sacrificed. He ended up going and broadcasting the Alaska Airlines Classic Games. So I talked to him after the Bunko event was over and after the Alaska Airlines Classic was over. So I've got some information. I popped on some of the stream and took a look at some of that as well and checked out what was going on in Barrow, checked out what was going on at South. So I have some information to pass along to you, and you're not going to be disappointed. It's a pretty impressive list of things that we're going to be talking about. So let's first start with uh, going over. What happened in the Wolverine Classic over at South Anchorage, boy, it started out uh, with a real close game, Petersburg versus Mountain City. Uh, Mountain City ended up winning for taking seventh place, 42-40. In the 4-6 game, Lathrop and Palmer, Palmer ended up winning. By 255-53, so the first two games of the South Wolverine Classic, two-point games. So that was, we'll see what happened in the later games. South and Ketchikan played for the the 3-5 place game. Ketchikan ended up winning that 56-35. They are a tough squad. They're a tough squad. Watch out for them in the southeast. And then... You're going to the other team that you're going to have to watch out for in the southeast, the Thunder Mountain Falcons playing Eagle River Wolves in the championship tonight at 4:30 it started and your Wolverine Classic champion is the Thunder Mountain Falcons from the southeast in Juneau. They beat Eagle River 61-57. Close game, close game. I would expect nothing less from Thunder Mountain and Eagle River. Eagle River played some close games in leading into this, and they were battle-tested. Thunder Mountain has as well, and it made for a real classic game. Thunder Mountain taking the South Anchorage Wolverine Classic for 2024. Congratulations to Thunder Mountain. I do have some information that I was able to get from South. Got the all-tournament team here for you. So the all-tournament team in no particular order, Hunter Cohen from Petersburg, Nolan Warren from Mountain City, Deshaun Hall from Lathrop, Antonio Sheldon from Palmer, R.C. Lorenzo from Ketchikan, Lorenzen Miller from South Anchorage, Thomas Baxter from Thunder Mountain, Jack Wallace from Eagle River, Drew Lingenza from Eagle River as well, then James Pulaski from Thunder Mountain, and then your tournament MVP, Should come as no surprise. Samuel Lockhart from Thunder Mountain. Congratulations, gentlemen, for making the ninth annual Wolverine Classic hosted by South Anchorage all-tournament team. So that wraps up the South Wolverine Classic that happened. Now we are going to move. I was able to catch some games on this. Watching on the stream from Barrow. And wow. So we'll start off. We had two games this morning, or early this afternoon, North Pole versus Ben Eilson for the boys and girls. Both of them played. The North Pole girls ended up beating uh, Ben Ileson girls 67-8, six, uh, to eight. and then the North Pole boys ended up beating uh, Eilson as well, 58-31. Then in the nightcap after a homecoming court and a special presentation since the tournament had been renamed, we had Barrow versus Mount Edgecombe girls and boys, and let me tell you what, that was some barn-burning action right there. That was some crazy stuff. I've got some notes, as you can hear right here, so we'll just get right to it. We're going to pick it up mid, well, actually kind of at the start of the third quarter, the halftime score was the Mount Edgecomb girls over the Barrow girls. It was 49-42 at the start of the third. Um, With about halfway through, Barrow had cut the lead to 53-48. And then we've got uh, Mount Edgecomb ball. Let's see. Actually, excuse me. This was 3 forty two left in the fourth. Barrow and Mount Edgecomb had been kind of – Mount Atchcombe had had the lead most of the game, and Barrel stormed back. They cut the lead 53-51 with 131 left. I will say there was a little bit of a strange no-call from what I could see. Now, I'll grant this. I couldn't see everything from the stream that's happening, obviously, but from what I saw, it seemed like an interesting no-call. But with... 41.7 41.7 seconds left. Barrow ended up tying it, so now it's 53-53. Mount Edgecomb has the ball, and they start working the offense. They're working for a shot. Barrow's trying not to foul because they don't want to send him to the line. Um, I've got to hand it to Mount Edgecomb. I really do. I, I would say in the last, the last couple possessions that they had, they're – you probably could have called something that went on for, uh with uh, fouls on the shot or on the rebounds again it's not a perfect picture on the stream so it's really hard to tell but there was definitely some contact happening going on and nothing but i gotta hand it to mount Edgecombe. they didn't panic they didn't they weren't freaking out they were really they maintained their cool and it went into overtime 53 53. So we'll pick it up in overtime with a minute 30 left in overtime. Barrow had built up a four-point lead, 60 to 56. And, again, the Barrow girls uh, are, are tough. They are tough. I saw them at the Mountain City uh, tournament in the beginning of January or the end of December, and <laughs> they're good. They're good. Mount Edgecombe with <laughs> they run their offense. Barrow's up four. And if nobody's if you've never been to Barrow, I can tell you that gym is packed. It looked packed and it was loud. I could tell it from the the sound. I had the sound on. I had to turn the sound down a little bit because it had, uh, it was obvious that there was a lot of noise going on in that gym. They were excited to be watching these two 3A powers collide. 5660 Barrow's up, minute 30 left with 115 left. Uh I can't I I'm it's Mount Edgecombe's number 10. Mount Edgecomb's number 10 hits a three. So now it's 115 left and Barrow's lead is now one sixty to fifty-nine. Barrow gets the ball back. They ended up doing a few real nice passes on their on their offense, and they ended up getting a layup. And it pushes the lead 62 59 in overtime. Mount Edgecomb gets the ball out. There's about five seconds left when uh, Barrow inbounds the ball, or excuse me, when Mount Edgecomb inbounds the ball, and Mount Edgecomb misses a three at the buzzer. So Barrow girls win the first annual Carl Derek Agniak Invitational, and they are the girls' champion, beating Mount Edgecomb 62 59 in overtime. That was it was quite the barn burner. It, it was bar, It was quite the barn burner. Sorry, I repeat myself sometimes when I get excited about that because I want to emphasize what that what that really looked like. It was pretty impressive. All right, so now the next game, the Mount Edgecomb Boys versus the Barrow Boys. Mount Edgecombe Boys. They are right now in the Alaska Sports Talk podcast rankings. They are for this week the number two team. And I believe Barrow is the number four team. Let me double check that quickly because I don't want to get that wrong. I have so many rankings and different things in my head, so I don't want to make I don't want to screw that up for you. But Grace has the number one spot, and I believe Mount Edgecombe has the number two spot. Let's pull that up quick. Yes, so the Mount Edgecombe Braves, number two in the poll, and Barrow, number five in the poll for the 3A boys, the AST basketball top five. This was a battle of top five, Mount Edgecombe number two and Barrow number five, and let me tell you, it lived up to its billing. At the half, Mount Edgecombe was up 33-22 at half. Um, then over the third quarter, It was pretty much a 7-12 to point game most of the time. With 4 minutes left in the 4th, Mount Edgecombe was up 54-42. And then Mount Edgecombe, in their offensive possessions for the next couple minutes, they had some turnovers, they missed some shots, and Barrow capitalized on that. They really did. Barrow hit a 2, then they had a 3, then they hit another 2, and then they made 2 free throws. So now with 232 left, Barrow has cut the lead from 12 down to three. So it is 5154. Mount Edgecomb stops the bleeding with a layup, and then Barrow answers. So it is still 5654, two-point margin. Mount Edgecomb is up. They trade turnovers and some missed shots. So now it's 44 seconds left. Mount Edgecombe is up still 2, 56-54. Barrow tries a post up. They they throw the ball in the post to, to Barrow's post player. He puts it up. It, it, was a, it was a really good shot. It hits the rim, kind of bat, bangs around a little bit and falls through. So now it's 56-56 all. And it was, uh, ju- it was under a minute when that happens. So Mount Edgecombe gets the ball, they inbound, the ball, Mount Edgecombe starts running their offense, their point guard, number 11. We talked with, um, when I talked with Archie kind of off air, off a podcast, and he was telling me that he is just a stud. He's just a stud. And I'm blanking on his name right now, but number 11 for Mount Edgecombe, he's their point guard. He's the leader of that squad. Uh, He is a dynamic player. He gets fouled with 4.6 seconds left. So he goes to the line for two. This is an opportunity to put the Mount Edgecombe Braves up two with 4.6 seconds left in the fourth. He misses the first one, then he hits the second one. So now it's 57-56, and it is 2.1 seconds left. Barrow had inbound the ball and got the ball up to the sideline. So basically, it's in... It's just over the half-court line where Barrow is going to inbound it with 2.1 seconds left. So 2.1 seconds, if you've got a fast guy and you're moving towards the basket in 2.1 seconds, you can easily get a layup from the half-court area where you're inbounding the ball. Barrow tries a play. They've got players running off of a screen, it looks like. player comes open, and Barrow inbounds the ball. It's bobbled, and the ball dribbles right out of bounds. Boom, game over. Barrow doesn't even get to take a shot, nothing, with 2.1 seconds left. So Mount Edgecombe Braves, the number two in the AST poll for the for this week, they survive in Barrow, which I can tell you is no easy thing. 57-56, they win the boys' championship up there. Fantastic. I don't have any all-tournaments or anything from them on that. Um, I would look in the newspapers and stuff moving forward here that you'll be able to see that when it comes. All right, now we are going to move to the Alaska Airlines Classic. And well, I can say last week's – or not last week's – last night's games on Friday night, a lot of barn burners, lots of um, – tight games, all that stuff. Today was not the day in the Alaska Airlines Classic for a lot of tight games, especially um, later in the day, which is unfortunate, but there were some other things that happened that were pretty cool. So let's pick that up for you right here. Um, I also know, I'll let you know, uh, Keaton was on this broadcast, and uh, they were – Keaton was informed, and – so, I know the teams that are coming up next year, and let's just say, wow, wow. I am very excited. I'm always excited for the Alaska Airlines Classic, but man, let me tell you what, next year's field is going to be awesome. Alaska's teams and the out of state teams are going to be wow. And there's a little special treat about who's coming up too, and I'll get to that in just a moment, but I want to recap some of the things that happened in the Alaska Airlines Classic. So in the early game that started at three today, this was kind of – this was the closest game of the day for the games that happened the rest of the day. So Bartlett was playing East Hall in Georgia. I had mentioned last night in the podcast that Bartlett is young and East Hall's team is very young. They've got a lot of 14- and 15-year-old kids playing on that team. They don't look like they're thirteen or 14 and 15, but, you know, talking with one of the moms there, that uh, – Got some good intel from her on that team. And I'll tell you what, I hope East Hall comes back in a couple of years when those boys are juniors and seniors because, yikes, that uh, they're only going to get bigger and better, and wow. So that was a tight game throughout that East Hall ended up winning 62-59. Bartlett had a chance there at the end to try and tie it, and they got the three up, so they were able to get that inbound and get the ball up but they ended up missing, so East Hall wins 62-59. Wow. It was a lot of back and forth in that game, a lot of lead changes, especially in the second half, and uh, East Hall wins. So they get to fly home to Georgia, probably not tonight, but tomorrow morning, or, or maybe it's a red-eye tonight. I'm not really sure. I forgot to ask that question, but they at least get to start flying there. Uh, flying back home with a win in Alaska instead of going 0-3. So I don't have finals for these other games. I was trying to watch them on the stream, but um, for some reason I can't access them now, so I'm not really sure what happened. But I can tell you that West Valley ended up beating Diamond in the fourth-place game at 4.30 this afternoon. West Valley is a really good team. They They are really, really good. I mean, they had West beat there for a while. West crawled back and ended up winning in overtime on Thursday. But West Valley could have easily been uh, playing the late game on Friday night against East. And, you know, they played East last year in the state championship game for the 4A. East ended up winning that game, but West Valley was right there with them. So, yeah, West West Valley is really good. Diamond, they are a young team. They have some they have a couple seniors, but they're they're a young team and they're going to get better and better and better throughout this this season. Hadukovich is a monster. He is a tough guard. He can shoot it from anywhere. He's 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 gonna be one to, that you're gonna want to watch for sure. So that was in the fourth place game. The third place game. I don't have a final for this, but I do know that it got according to Keaton. The point spread got a little up there. West Anchorage is playing Nazareth from New York, and Nazareth ends up winning uh, over West Anchorage. Um, I think Keaton was saying something like uh, it was eighty to forty somewhere in that range. It was a, uh, it was it was something. Nazareth, I think, was a little um, upset that they had uh, lost to Saint Joseph's the night before, and so I think. Uh, <laughs> I think they came ready to play and they wanted to make sure that they were flying home to New York on a win. So they put it on West. And so then that gets us to St. Joseph's versus East Anchorage in the championship. This is a rematch from two years ago when, believe it or not, Yesefu was a sophomore or was a freshman, excuse me, and he had twenty-two points, I believe it was in that game. Well, let me tell you this. Yosefu had 42 points tonight, and before we get into some of the game, he he is talking with Keaton after the game. He is unbelievable. So I had to watch some of it when I got home after this event tonight. and man, wow, there are some things. He did a crazy baseline. I mean, he had his dunks, his highlight stuff. But he had a crazy baseline shot that it looks like he had nowhere to go, and then he kind of turned around underneath the basket and threw the ball up. I mean, I, I swear he was his head was behind the head uh, behind the backboard. I, I'm not even sure how he saw the rim, but he throws it up there, and what do you know? It goes up and whoosh, goes right in. I mean, nothing but net. It was just a crazy shot. It was it was yeah. It, it looked like his head and his body was behind the backboard, and he just kind of. And it's not like his hand was way up there. I mean, he kind of underhanded the thing. I, I don't know how he did it. It was, he could probably do that shot 10 more times, a hundred more times and not make it again. But that, that was impressive. So Yasefu finished the night with 42 points. He had 19 points in the first half. And then he had 23 points in the second. Um, Yeah, he was, uh, he was a stud and, uh, I'll let you know on some other stuff. West or St. Joseph's out of California, they are nineteen and two. Now they're twenty and two. They beat they beat East tonight, and East hung with them for the East hung with them for a little while in that first. They um, St. Joseph's scored twenty points in the first quarter. East had twelve, and then East had eleven in the second, and St. Joseph's had seventeen in the second, and then in the third quarter. Excuse me. After halftime, that's when they really took control. They scored 21 points in the third quarter to East nine. They were just they were just too much. Uh, Tuindeyasefu was just he was unbelievable. I, I can tell you this. This is confirmed that back in 1990, back in 1990, pretty pretty crazy to think of this. Doug Anison from Bishop Sullivan out of L.A. in 1990 has the record for Alaska Airlines Classic tournament points over the three games. He has 98. Deshaun Weish from West Anchorage got close. He's at 96, so he's the second highest. And then Trajan Langdon out of East Anchorage from 1992 has 92. Yosefu, Tunde Yasefu. Now is the new record holder. He had 104 points over the three games. He broke the record. He was tied with uh, Doug from uh, Bishop Sullivan. He was tied with Doug at 98. And, of course, he gets the record of 100 on a nice, nice dunk. And then he ends up finishing with 104. And he ends up being second all-time as well. He Actually, he tied with... Um, what was, uh, he tied with Isaiah Moses from diamond back in 2020 when he had 42 points in one game. So he now is tied Isaiah Moses for 42 points in. So second all time with Isaiah Moses from diamond in 2020. Yes. Uh, Tunde Yessefu is now tied Deshaun uh, Weish from West Anchorage in 2016, he has the record still at 49. Um, I, Keaton and I were talking, and after seeing what Keaton saw today through that stream, he, Tunde Yesefu, I mean, he's only a junior. By the time he's a senior, you know, I, he, he's, I think he's going to be a one-and-done. I, I just think he's going to be a one-and-done. He is unbelievable. I mean, he's just, the things he does uh, is really impressive, really, really impressive. So congratulations to St. Joseph's out of California, 47 to 74 winners. So 74 to 47 winners over East Anchorage and take the championship just like they did back two years ago. So now I can tell you I don't know all the all tournament teams. That's you're going to want to check out the AlaskaAirlinesClassic.com. I'm sure Van Williams will have something up there. Van has done a great job with all the data and all these records and all this other stuff. I mean, I would highly I would highly recommend just going to the AlaskaAirlinesClassic.com. But before, well, actually, I'll tell you I, I know that Julius Price, number one from St. Josephs, and East's number, let's see, East, East had, it was hard to tell everybody that made the all-tournament team. I couldn't tell everybody. Uh, some people were obviously wearing jerseys and others won't weren't. Uh, let's see, number 12 from East, Akeem Suleiman, uh, he made the all-tournament team, as well as number 23, Mohamed Salbi. he made the all-tournament team. Out of Saint Josephs, Julius Price, number one, the point guard that is got offers from Minnesota and U Dub as a sophomore already. I mean, my goodness, I, I really liked watching him. He is going to be a really, really interesting point guard in the future as a saw. Uh, wow, I mean, he's just him and Yosef, Und, Yosef Fu, is they're great. And then I also know that diamonds. uh Hadukovic, uh, let's see what was his first name. Marek Hadukovich ended up uh, making all tournament team. There were a few others, but I, I was I couldn't tell who they were, and I couldn't hear from the stream who they were. So I know those five made the all tournament team. So congratulations! And no surprise that Tunde Yasefu is the tournament MVP, scoring a record 104 points, the most ever in the Alaska Airlines Classic. Now, let me tell you who is coming up to the Alaska Airlines Classic next year. These are the teams that are going to be in the tournament next year. I was excited for the tournament this year. I'm even more excited for next year. You have your West Anchorage Eagles, the host. You have your service Cougars, Colony Knights, Betty Davis East Thunderbirds, Ketchikan Kings. Those are the in-state teams. And then you have Heritage Christian out of L.A. in California which has come to the tournament a few times. They've always got some studs. Then you also have Rainier Beach from Seattle area. And if you know anything about Seattle area, and I listen to a lot of uh, Seattle sports talk because, well, I'm a huge Seahawks fan and Seattle Kraken fan, and I love the Mariners even though the Mariners are a little rough sometimes. Rainier Beach is a basketball mecca in the Seattle area. That's going to be a fun team to watch. And then – Uh, Isidore Newman out of Louisiana, the new Orleans area, they are coming up for the first time. And here is who is on that team. Trajan Langdon's son, Trajan Langdon from East Anchorage fame back in the early nineties, his son from the Isidore Newman team in Louisiana, in new Orleans is going to be coming up for the Alaska airlines classic. So Trajan Langdon is in, was in the Classic, played in the Classic, was dominant in the Classic, and now his son is coming up to the Alaska Airlines Classic next year. And wow, it's going to be awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Kudos to uh, Don Winchester and Jay Doris and a bunch of the other guys that are involved and Scott Haberstad with Alaska Airlines and his whole team for putting this all together. And Steve Nerland, and I'm sure I'm missing some people, but they do an excellent job over there. I've learned lots from them on how we do things uh, with tournaments, especially highlighting Alaska teams and trying to get some of the best teams up here. They do a great job with that. And I'll tell you, those three teams, Heritage Christian out of California, um, Rainier Beach out of Seattle, is going to be fantastic and then Trajan Langdon's son coming up from Isidore Newman out of New Orleans, Louisiana. Fantastic. Well, that's going to wrap things up for tonight. I am Isaiah Vreeman for Keaton Homer and Brad Lowers and the Alaska Sports Talk podcast. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this, please tell a friend. Please follow us on social media. Like, subscribe, get us out there, get us to your friends we really enjoyed doing this. I love doing this, even though it's super late when we taping this podcast. I, I just love it, and I love talking basketball and Alaska sports. So please tell a friend, and thank you for listening. We appreciate the support. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this happen. Thank you, and good night.